Welcome to Project BGR, craft beer and conversation. And did we mention craft beer? The beer guys Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams talk to the makers and creators from the craft beer world and beyond. Now, time for Project BGR with your hosts, Tim and Aaron. And welcome to Project BGR. I'm Aaron Williams. And I'm Tim Dennis. And if you don't know, we host a radio show based out of Atlanta, Beer Guys Radio, where we talk about craft beer across the southeast U.S. But we also love to talk to people from all around the country. Definitely. And we went on a working, quote-unquote, vacation to the Great American Beer Festival in Denver back in October 2016. While there, we talked to Alex Wallish. He's one of the founders of Berkeley, California's The Rare Barrel. They really came out of the box swinging over the past couple of years, and they brought out some of the best sours in the country. We got to talk to Alex and sample their beers while we were at JBF. Let's listen in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Project BGR. We are here in Denver, Colorado at the Great American Beer Festival. We are talking to Alex Wallish of the Rare Barrel. Alex, thanks for joining us today. Oh, stoked to be here. My awesome, pleasure. Man. It's a good place to be, isn't it? Oh, it's my favorite time of the year. So, yeah. You know what? We're enjoying some of their beer right now, Aaron. We're just going to jump right in. Why don't you tell us about the beer that we're uh, drinking? Here? Yeah, so the beer that you have in your glass right now, it's a big, tall, one-ounce pour of Ensorcelled. Savor it. Ensorcelled is our dark, sour, aged oak barrels with raspberries. What we did with this beer is we took our dark, sour, Asian oak barrels for about nine months. Uh, once it gets to nine months, it's almost finished. Then we added the fruit to it. We had about 42 pounds of raspberries to each oak barrel for this beer. Let that ferment until the sugars ferment out all the way, and then it's done. So it's probably about total time in oak, about one year. Okay. Yeah. Now we're going to back up then. We wanted to say about kind of tell us your craft beer story. How did you... Uh, How'd you end up in the beer world and eventually start in Rare Barrel? Yeah, totally. Uh, so I started out uh, at UC Santa Barbara. I was studying biology. And while I was there, uh, you know, UCSB has a reputation for drinking a lot of yeah, beer. Right. Um, I actually came out to Colorado to visit my uncle. And when he was here, he said, hey, let's go to New Belgium. And so I went to New Belgium. And while I was on a tour there, I kind of had this epiphany that brewing is using the science of biology to make art and to make this beer that's so much better than the stuff I was drinking at school. So uh, I went back home, uh, got a homebrew kit, started homebrewing. My roommate, Jay, started homebrewing with me. And really naively, upon graduation, we said, hey, let's start a brewery. Um, One thing led to another, you know, he got a job at the brewery, working at the brewery in Orange County uh, for about four years. Worked his way up from mopping floors to brewing to becoming the head of the barrel aging program. And uh, and then about, you know, five years after that, we were kind of realized we wanted to get entirely into sour beer because that's what we loved to drink. Uh, we had a really hard time finding sour beer. Move to go oh, it was. Sour there, right? Everyone thought we were crazy. Yeah, right. Everyone sure. did. Uh, now looking back, people are like, oh yeah, that wasn't that crazy. But when we were telling people we were going to start an all-sour brewery, they thought we were out of our minds. Even people, brewers who I won't name, brewers who are like some of the most respected brewers in making sour beer, they even thought we were crazy going all in on sour beer. But we figured, you know, we love sour beer so much that if we just focus entirely on it, hopefully we'll make better sour beer than if we tried to also make a fantastic IPA and a porter and all these other different styles. And now starting out, you had a little bit, maybe a little bit of issue of an aging process because you can't just crank out a bunch of sours immediately. It yeah. takes a little while to do that. Yeah, there was about a nine-month period 
where we were brewing, uh, filling up barrels, fermenting, but didn't have any beer to sell. So we were really just hemorrhaging money, not generating any revenue. And that was a very, you know, another one of those points where everyone said, you're crazy. Make an IPA, sell it. We said, no, we're not going to make an IPA. All we care about is sour beer. We're focusing on that. Um, And it was tough because, you know, it just took a while. And you also, there's a lot of, personally, a lot of uncertainty, you know. You fill up these barrels and you hope that you're doing everything right. And you hope that your beer is going to turn out. But it could have, you don't know. You don't know. And uh, fortunately, things worked out with our first batches and things went well. Now, that's, you have a kind of a a unique process. You you don't actually brew now, correct? Correct. So, yeah, uh, we work with a couple of wort producers in the Bay Area to produce the wort. And then we bring the wort back to our brewery the same day. And then we inoculate and we do all of fermentation at our place. So when you said you wanted to just do sour beer, you... Just don't mess around. Just do the souring part. Get it in the barrels. Was was that the idea of why to take that step? And because you know a lot, especially with a, a beer like a sour, that's so touchy. Yeah. You know, to release that to someone else to do your work for you yeah. is a big move. So of course you trusted them, but what made you decide to go that route with it? So one of the reasons we decided to do it is because Jay who manages our production side of things, had experience doing wort transport from one place to another and fermenting at a different facility. So he under, he had experience uh, in terms of transporting wort from one place to another and it, maintaining quality at the same time. And from his experience there, he found that they could maintain quality while not having another brew house at the other place. Um, additionally, you know, the wort producers that we work with have a reputation for making good beer and knowing their stuff. And We've got our recipes dialed in with them. Um, so for us, the recipes actually don't change that much. Our warp production stays fairly the same. What we really focus on is the fermentation and which strains of yeast and bacteria you work with at what time do you add them in the fermentation process, what temperatures, all those different things. That's what we, we really geek out about is the fermentation. And we do all of that on site. So wort production for us kind of stays the same. We don't change our recipes that much, but it's the fermentation that we do at our place that's really changing from batch to batch so we can better understand which strains of yeast and bacteria work really well together. And, you know, if you get this pineapple flavor that you like, how, how did we get that? How do you tweak it with the fermentation to get these characteristics that, that you want? Aaron, I'm not meaning to cut you out here. We're talking sour yeah, beer, man. So. Tim, Tim, sours is your thing, so, so I'm just going to hold the recorder for a while. Okay, there we go. So now you've... Uh, been in business around three years now. You said you had a lot of uncertainty in the beginning. How's it turned out so far for you guys? Uh, things are going way better than expected. Um, I mean, they're going they're going so well right now that you know we sell the vast majority of our draft and bottle through our tasting room and online through our beer club. Um, and we haven't had to you know send we haven't we don't actually send bottles outside of the brewery really, except to some special events and a few uh, nice restaurants around town, but. Um, it's going better than expected, that's for sure. Now, what are some of the um, highlights, I guess, of your of your uh, offerings? What are some of the better sours that you really kind of enjoy yourself? Um, you know, the the beer that I poured you first off in Sorcel, the dark sour with raspberries. That's one of my favorites. Um, it's it's kind of it was a surprising one for us too because we got a gold medal at the World Beer Cup, like five you months after didn't opening. Waste any time getting medals, did you? Just yeah, I don't know what happened. We got we got lucky. So let's <laughs> it see. Also, I got- so home sour home and yeah. uh, uh, 
and Sorcelled and Map of the Sun. So we've got GABF medals in 2014 and 15. Yeah. And I guess Saturday you'll find out if there's a three-peat on that, right? So Saturday we'll find out, but, I mean, it's 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 luck. You know, I'm, it's, we go into these things uh, where we come here for the festival and pouring beer right. and kind of exposing, you know, people who can't try our beer because it's just sold at our brewery and online through our beer club. That's why we come to JBF, so people from all around the country can try our beer. And then it's nice if you win some medals. It's fun. You're listening to Project BGR. Time to take a quick break. We'll be back with more with Alex from the Rare Barrel right after this. Hey, this is Aaron. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We've got some really awesome things that are coming soon that will help us engage with you some more. We're not going to lie to you, though. It takes time, effort, and money to produce this show every week. So if you'd like to be part of the Beer Guys family, we would love your help. Head to patreon.com slash beerguys to become a sponsor. We're not going to beg. Okay, maybe just a little bit. But hey, we've got some great swag for those who become a sponsor, and you'll be among the first to know about the great things that are coming to the Beer Guys universe. Again, that's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash beerguys. Or you can go to BeerGuysRadio.com and click the sponsor link. We thank you for your support, and cheers. Welcome back to Project BGR. Let's listen to the rest of our interview with Alex Wallace from the Rare Barrel. So I was talking to your uncle before, too, and he's also said the, uh, the Apropos of Nothing is the one yeah. that I was to try as well. Tell us oh, a little yeah. bit more about that. Yeah, so Apropos of Nothing is a fun one for us. Um, Jay and I kind of sat down one morning. We were like, all right, well, let's come up with another concept for a beer that we want to bottle. And... We had really wanted to work with elderberries for a while. Um, so we sat down that afternoon and Jay pulled some barrel samples. We got out some tinctures that we made with elderberries just to do tests on a really small scale. And uh, we tried the elderberry mixed with our golden sour. Really enjoyed how it was coming along. We liked kind of like the red wine kind of notes that the elderberries like were giving to it that you'd find in like a really nice uh, kind of Merlot. I'd say, but but we didn't really enjoy the aromatics that the elderberries were giving off. Um, so then we were like, all right, well, how can we kind of tweak the aroma without sacrificing the flavor of the beer? And that's where lavender came into play. So we had a lavender tincture, and we just kind of dropped a little bit of lavender in there. And we just really liked the interplay of the fruity notes of the uh, elderberries with the kind of floral notes of the lavender. And so that's how that beer came about. Um, and it's, it's been pretty cool. We, uh, we actually won a bronze medal at the GABF uh, in 2015 in the American Sour category for that beer. Uh, now we've really seen a rise in sours over the past couple of years, really. Yeah. Um, a lot of more breweries are getting into them now. So what do you, um, what do you uh, maybe take out of that? What's, what's your take on that? Um, I'm really excited about all the new sour beer that's coming out. Um, in the U.S., uh, personally, because I love drinking sour beer, and so I want to try new sour beers. And I think, you know, as long as everyone's making quality sour beers and cognizant of the off flavors that are in sour beers and making sure that you're not blending in, you know, beers with off flavors into your beer, um, as long as you're cognizant of that and not releasing sour beers with off flavors, then it's better for everyone. Um, And we kind of, we really feel at the Rare Barrel, like, that we want to further the communication around sour beer and how to make good sour beer. Um, so one thing that 
Jay does is the Sour Hour podcast uh, on the Brewing Network. And the whole idea behind that is that uh, we invite other brewers who make sour beer to join us on the podcast and talk about their beers and how they make quality sour beers so that we can just spread information. Because when we started the Rare Barrel, there wasn't a lot of information out there. There are a few blogs. Um, there were there was one book. You know, now we have a few books. Uh, but it was really tough to find that information. Um, and you kind of had to know people and talk to people who were doing it to get it. And so we just kind of want to break down those walls. And it's like, if you want to make sour beer, you know, listen to the Sour Hour. And you, hopefully you'll learn a thing or two um, if that's what you're into. But we just kind of want to break down that information so that everyone can kind of, you know, make the best sour beer that, that we can uh, in the beer world right now. So I got a question about uh, home sour home. Yeah. A couple of ingredients in there that are pretty unusual oh, totally. to put in a sour yeah. beer. So uh, it's cinnamon and vanilla. Yeah. And that's not, you know, you see fruit, herbals, and different things like that. But why did you decide to get to go so crazy with that one? Why yeah. make, make that jump? Yeah, so this was, uh, this was at our very first blending session at the Rare Barrel. And I vividly remember sitting in our, sitting in our conference room. We had a bunch of fruits out on the table. We had our barrel samples. And we were taking our tasting our first uh, golden sour. And it had a lot of stone fruit characteristics to it. And so we asked, when we were blending, we asked ourselves, you know, is this a beer that we want to release by itself? Or is there something we could do to make it better? And with this one, we were so happy with the golden sour that we said, all right, we're going split, to split this batch. The first half of this batch is going to go into Excuse Me, which is our first golden sour that we've ever bottled. Um, but it also had a lot of stone fruit characters at the time. And we had some peaches on the table and took a bite of peach and said, all right, we, we dig it. Like, this peach blends well with this sour beer. But then kind of got this little light bulb click in where we thought peach cobbler. And, and kind of went from there. And we had a cinnamon tincture that we had made. Uh, and so we took a little dropper. Actually, no, sorry. We didn't have cinnamon tincture at the time. We had a cinnamon stick. Uh, and we took the cinnamon stick and literally swirled it around in our barrel sample, took a sip of that, ate a peach, and we're like, all right, this works. It's crazy. And frankly, it was like really bold move, bold or stupid, depending on, uh, you know, where you're coming from, for our second bottle release ever to be a golden sour with peaches, cinnamon, and vanilla bean. But we just kind of really liked the concept of this peach gobbler working with our beer. And then um, and we kind of left it at that. And then as the beer was coming along, um, Jay decided that a little hint of vanilla bean would go really well with it because the cinnamon adds a little bit of astringency to it. And so the, the cinnamon kind of adds this, like, soft mouthfeel to it that kind of balanced both of those out. So that's kind of that's where the whole concept of Home Sour Home came right? about. So, yeah. We're, you know, we're really happy with it. And... Um, We've heard a lot of good feedback from from the from our customers oh, yeah, on that absolutely. beer too. Yeah, so I love the beer. It's, it's really good. So. Thanks. Anything else you'd like to add, Alex? Anything we missed there? Um, no, I mean I think you guys you guys got it all. Um, I just, there's there's one other fun thing that we did recently, which was uh, the search for the rare barrel. Um, we named ourselves the rare barrel after kind of this like this this story where it's the story of PH one. It's this barrel that was making great beer in New Belgium. And then it, it disappeared and found its way over to Russian River and was involved in, you know, their first batches of beatification. 
Um, and we were just kind of, it was one of those things where we heard that story and we're just kind of like, wow, there's this one barrel that could have such an impact on, you know, La Folie at the first, like the genesis of La Folie at New Belgium, and then go on and help, you know, guide beatification at Russian River. That inspired that us. Legendary. People legendary. may not know it, but it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, so, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a legendary barrel, right. if, if there is such a thing. And so we heard this story, and <laughs> we heard this story, and um, you know that inspired us to do our own search for what we call the rare barrel, which uh, what we did that uh, about two weeks ago. And what we did was we invited in a bunch of industry friends who are brewers at other breweries, a bunch of club members, um, and over the course of two days. They tasted through a lot of our barrels and ranked them. And then on the third day, uh, Vinny from Russian River, Lauren Salazar from New Belgium, and Jay tasted the top 10 barrels, and, and they uh, whittled it down to the rare barrel, which, um, which was barrel P9T. And um, what we did with this barrel was we took part of it and we served it in our tasting room so that people could try what you know our friends, industry, club members professional brewers think is our best barrel in our warehouse they could try it but also i'd say more importantly is we want to use the that blend of yeast and bacteria to make more beer and so we filled that barrel up with some fresh wort it's fermenting right now we're going to use that to inoculate more wort uh and you know it'll be cool to see a year from now 10 years from now where this that the the yeast and bacteria from that particular barrel has kind of permeated our barrel cellar and influenced the direction of what we're doing um it's all based off of this idea that there's this this exceptional blend of yeast and bacteria that's better than the rest and we want to use that to make more beer um so i look forward to you know 10 years from now to seeing like where multiple searches uh kind of have influenced what is going on in our barrel house well, thanks for listening to Project BGR. Of course, special thanks to Alex from the Rare Barrel for taking the time to talk with us. Remember, Project BGR is available on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and do leave us a rating. It really helps us. Definitely. And, of course, tune into Beer Guys Radio every Saturday for all the news you need to know about the craft beer movement across the Southeast. We podcast that, too. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Beer Guys Radio. Cheers, and we'll talk to you next time. 